you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. You are here. You are here, Jesus. Your presence has filled this house. Come on and feel after that presence just a little desires communion desires communion in the spirit Bishop Jordan, Amen. First Lady, what a miracle.
serve you and forward you and your precious first lady. Amen? But that's another reason to celebrate the Lord's Day. Calvary did so much for us. A cross that is foolishness to so many the center of our lives as believers as apostolics. I see Brother Swatis over there. Hello, brother. Bless you, my friend. He's just one of the ministers and leaders of this great church in the service. I'm just, call it spiritually emotional, if I could say it that way, because there's nothing more sacred to me than to engage him and to worship him in spirit and in truth and enjoy the corporate worship. But there's something amazing about that individual one-on-one interaction. Have you been having that throughout your fast? Do you understand that this church is completing 40 days of prayer and fasting? serve the same in Chicago. We have many different objectives, and uh, certainly the most important thing about all of this is that if it's going to culminate in the Lord's Supper, then hopefully throughout that fast we have prepared ourselves to engage him on a more intimate level than we ever have before. Are you listening? And that Calvary has become more real to us than it's ever been. And as such, that we have allowed him to do and to work in us a work that is going to propel us and thrust us forward to our destiny as a church and as individuals. The glory of the Lord, the quest of Moses initiated when he engaged the Lord at the door of the tabernacle on that day. The Bible says that the Lord spoke to Moses. He interacted with him, and they spoke as friends would speak. What a relationship to engage him on that level. Do you know the voice of God? Can you differentiate from any other voice that you hear or any other sound? Of the many things that were interacted upon and and spoken between the two, the one thing that cries out to me about that moment with God was for all that he had experienced already and seen God do, there was something in Moses that cried out for more of God. We live in a time when we want to see what he can do more than engage him in an intimate relationship. And God is calling us to deeper places and to greater intimacy than we've ever been involved in. 
reaching for him like never before. His cry was, show me your glory. I don't want you to send us somewhere without going with us. I don't dare take a step without you, Lord. And in all of this, somehow or another, just something in his spirit rose up and he cried out these words, show me your glory. To which the Lord responded, you know, there's not a man that could ever see me and live. You can't see my face and live. He understood that Moses' request coming from the heart of this man was a request that could very well cost him his very life. Arguably, I would like to think that Moses also understood the possible implications of having such an encounter with the glory of God. Whether he was hungry enough to die for it or whether he didn't realize what he was asking for, one thing stands out to us and we can apply it right now and think about it. That the closer you get to him, the less of yourself gets in the way of his purpose and his will in our lives. So the Lord said, I'm going to do the best that I can to honor your request. I'm going to put you on this cleft on the rock. And here's what the Lord said about that. He said, there's a place by me. I long for that place by him. I long to know that and I seek to find that place that he offers to each and every one of us individually. I want my place by him. How about you? Tonight we have an opportunity to engage the cross once more on a very intimate level. We commune as we take the bread and the cup. We have an opportunity to find a place by Him at the foot of the cross. Are you listening? Regardless of where you've come from, oftentimes we want to disqualify ourselves from that moment and from that. time of communion for so many different reasons. I'm not sure what this fast has done for you, but I can prophetically speak to you and say that what you have engaged in these last 40 days is going to have repercussions moving forward. There are going to be things that will come out later as a result of what you've done now. What you've stirred up in the spirit has become the catalyst for some things that are yet to happen. You are literally standing, sitting in the spirit. You are under an unfolding prophecy. You stand under an unfolding prophecy. It is a prophecy that is being fulfilled even as I'm speaking to you. And you will see its results throughout the next months and year. Only time will tell how much of it 
will be released. But that is the facts. Those are the facts. Tonight I'm not preaching to you. I'm just making some remarks as we prepare to commune with him on this night. I was 17 years old negotiating with the Lord for my soul. I may have told this church before I was the kid your mother warned you about. I had nothing coming. I had no expectation of mercy. I understood the life that I had lived. And I understood that I had nothing coming from God because of that life. That was my understanding until I stepped at the foot of Calvary, until I was introduced to a cross, and until I understood that there was redemptive value in my soul. And so it began as a negotiation with God, a possible, a possible chance, as small as it seemed to me, if at all, he reached into my life. And seeing my heart, he baptized me with his spirit. On that night, I had no idea what had happened to me. Oh, but when the blood was applied, the blood was applied in those baptismal waters. I don't know if anyone here has not yet embraced your new birth. But if you'll just simply repent and ask God to forgive you of all that your life has been and everything that you've done contrary to his will, his word, that which we call sin, he will so lovingly and mercifully forgive you. He will remit your sins in those baptismal waters and you will feel the cleansing flow of Calvary's blood upon you in those waters. Every sin cast out into that sea of forgetfulness and as far as the east is from the west, he'll separate your iniquities from you. Oh, and then to be filled with the Holy Ghost to experience that baptism of his spirit. I couldn't believe, I still couldn't believe what happened to me. I couldn't believe that God would want to dwell inside of me. And yet he did so. He did so. And almost 40 years later, I've never looked back. I've never, ever looked back. Well, having said that, I, I want to ask us to stand to our feet for just a few moments. I want to lead us as needed to a place of repentance. And then afterwards, the ushers are going to come. And those of you that will be partaking of the Lord's Supper can receive the cup and the bread. I know it might be a little different than you're used to. 
but it's it will be the same effect because we're doing what the Lord has instructed us to do in his word. One of the things that we need to understand about repentance, there's not a one of us here who doesn't battle with sin. On whatever level or scale or magnitude, we all do. I want to say this to you. He made room for your humanity in this enterprise, in this that we call his spiritual economy. He has never expected of you and I a perfection, but rather an effort to become more like him every day. I've contended for years for all that I have experienced in him anointing and the giftings that flow through my life, even from that very first redemptive moment on August 31st, 1980, when I first was born into the kingdom, that I, Bishop Jordan, I live in Romans 7 more than I have lived in 6 or 8. And what I'm saying by that is if you ever read Romans 7, you find a very powerful anointed man of God being so very transparent about his battles, about his flesh. He even goes on to call himself a wretched man. Oh, wretched man that I am who shall deliver me from the body of this death. But the will is with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And so Paul encourages me in a way that no one else could ever encourage me because if he being the great apostle Paul could be ever so transparent to open up by inspiration of the Holy Ghost his humanity, his struggle to overcome on a daily basis and yet to find sin present with him ever trying to accomplish its evil deeds. Look, do not withdraw from this moment today because you're battling something. That's not what doing this unworthily means at all. We all have struggles. Are you listening? We all battle with these things. But rather understand that the Lord sees your heart. How many times you've fallen is not what he's looking for rather how many times you've allowed him to pick you back up. No justification, no games here with God about sin. Do you, are you following the old man here? It's just simple, simple math. He loves you. He understands your struggle. And he wants you to have a moment with him tonight that will draw you closer to Calvary and help you embrace a bit more of that finished work of the cross so you can be stronger for the next phase, the next few steps, the next benchmarks that you need to meet. So could you, with me tonight, lift your hands to the Lord and just talk to him more than worship, just talk to him. Lord, search my heart, oh God.
pray the prayers of that psalm if you need to. Search me, O oh God. Try me. Know my thoughts and see if there be a wicked way in me. Oh, Lord, I could answer that question myself. I could answer that question because there are things that are trying to accomplish evil in me. But today I repent. Today I come before you with an honest, embattled heart in life, but a repentant heart. I want to overcome this stuff in my life, Jesus. And so today I reach for you. And for a moment, a place by you next to the cross, Calvary's cross, I repent. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. You know. Cleanse thou me. The scripture says, cleanse thou me, Lord, of secret faults, presumptuous sins. Secret faults. Oh, what no one else knows, but Lord, you and I know it so very well. Presumptuous sins. Those sins of entitlement, the things that I feel I can go ahead and act out on and do for whatever reason I've justified. Lord, I know it's wrong that I find myself embattled with those choices almost on a daily basis. <laughs> Wash today, Lord. I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me. Forgive us today, Lord. Come on, that's it. Offer up genuine repentance before the throne of God. For your king is a merciful king. He is not willing for any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus is here right now. The Lord is here right now. Go ahead and just worship for a few moments. That's it, just a little closer, get a little closer. Go ahead and cross that barrier of your flesh right now. That's it, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry about what happened before and don't worry about what may or may not happen later. Stand in the moment right now. Stand in this defining moment before Calvary's cross. Well, the ground is even for all of us at the foot of the cross. 
Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. However you disperse, go ahead as you're going to pass the baskets around. Let me give you a moment. I'd like you to remain standing for a few moments. So grateful for his presence. As the ushers are passing these, the bread and the cup, I want you to understand that he sees you through a very, very, very loving, loving lens. He neither judges your decisions at this moment. He doesn't choose to give you a moment right now based on anything you've done or not done. This is just as simple as it gets and yet as profound at the same time. We stand as flawed human beings in the presence of a holy God ready to interact to commune I want you to think about Calvary I want you to think about what they did to him and why he allowed it to be so when the fullness of the time was come, the Lord robed himself in flesh. You know what's so beautiful about this moment? He forced himself. He humbled himself. Took upon himself the form of a man to be able to relate to you and I on a level that a holy God should not have to, but he chose to. He chose to. He felt what you felt. He was tempted just like you were and are. He being God never sinned. But boy, did he ever understand that you would. And for the possibility, listen, 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 for the possibility that you would in, in this manner and gratefully acknowledge his sacrifice he did so to redeem your soul I'm persuaded and I heard one man say it this way he did it for the possibility that just one soul would allow the work of Calvary to be applied to their lives and here it is here we are. Here we are. And the Lord said for, through Paul, in 1 Corinthians 11, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, 
to pray. I want to read some verses to you before I give you instruction. He took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. I've already covered the next verses. Let me read them anyway. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, I've already explained to you the position and the posture that you must have concerning this. That person shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord, but let a man examine himself, and we have just done that, by reaching to him and then repenting. Have we not? So he said, man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of that cup for he that drinketh or eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body leave it at that I want us to take the bread here from this cup Walk with me for a few of the steps he took on the way to that cross. Listen to him speak in the garden as he understood the implications of what he was about to do for all of humanity and for all generations. He said, not my will, but thine be done. This cup, not my will, because in Frankfurt, the saints will gather. Those that embraced what I will embrace, what I am doing now, will be there to remember 
Watch that cat of nine tails break his body and open up his back. A crown of thorns upon his brow. Every drop of blood shed for you and I. Blood that redeemed our souls, washed our sins. Blood shed by those stripes that bring healing to your body and mind. Oh, nothing was ever so perfect and yet so, so tragic and painful. But he did it for you and I. So I want you to take that bread right now. We're going to do this together. As you do, I want you to remember and then I want you to worship for a few moments. And then we will partake of the cup. And so he gave thanks. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what this bread symbolizes, Lord. We thank you. This is your body. It was broken for us. And so we take it now in remembrance of you, that brokenness, Lord. We remember, we acknowledge, we accept it, and we apply it. Let's take the bread together now in Jesus' name. Worship the Lord. Uh, Come on, Calvary love. Calvary love. I see a crimson stream of blood. I see a body broke. It's important to worship in the brokenness. It's important to worship as we acknowledge his broken body. And now we're going to acknowledge what flowed from that broken body. Precious blood, a crimson stream of blood to heal the nations wash away sin. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, 
this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Remember, there isn't a sin you could commit that the blood won't cover. Are you listening? Not one. Not one. The Lord wants you to remember that. And so, Let's partake of the cup, and once again, let us reach to heaven with thanksgiving. Let's take the cup together in remembrance of him. of that shed blood now hit you forcefully penetrating your body, soul, and spirit for your healing but most importantly for your redemption come on it's the blood of Jesus that washed you that covered you, that keeps you. It's the blood that keeps away the condemnation. It's the blood that will always be your, your testament, your testament, your covenant with the Lord. Calvary's blood was applied in those baptismal waters as the name of Jesus was evoked over your life. Every sin, past, present, and future was covered by the blood that you are now partaking of in the cup in remembrance of him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. the worshipers return, can we continue in a spirit of worship as we transition from remembrance to pure worship and joy at the work of the cross in our lives. Oh, church, there's something powerful about this moment. There's something absolutely powerful. The altars are open or make an altar where you're standing or sitting. But let us now spend a season of worship, thanksgiving, and rejoice at Calvary's work. For we are showing the Lord's death until he come. King of glory, we exalt you, we magnify you. We are grateful to you, Jesus. Thank you for making a way. Thank you, Lord, for understanding my battle so, so clearly. For giving grace and showing mercy. 
thank you, Jesus, for making room for my humanity, my frailty, and for perfecting your strength and my weakness. We give you praise, we give you glory, we give you honor in this house, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Emotional healing just swept into this room right now. Some of you that have been battling with some emotional things that have entrapped you and held you, I want you to reach both hands toward heaven right now, and I want you to let it go. From deep down inside, I want you to release it right now to the Lord. Every hurt and every pain. Release it to the Lord right now. There is emotional healing. Come on, let praise come from deep down inside you right now. was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was chastised for our peace. Come on, let it come from deep down inside you. Somebody's walking out of here tonight with peace in your life, peace in your mind, peace in your spirit that you haven't felt in a long, long time. Come on, both hands high toward heaven. I want you just to shout it out to the Lord right now.
Come on, miracles are breaking out in this house right now. Come on, the miraculous is moving. Someone lift your hands and flow in the Spirit tonight. Someone flow in the Holy Ghost. Let the river take you where the Spirit wants you to go. Come on, you've been praying about some needs. God's about to do them this week. We've been praying, we've been believing together. You're going to do it all over again. You're going to do it all over again. If you did it back then, you're going to do it again.
these that are praying continue to pray, but I want to speak to some of you. We're not quite done tonight. We'll go, we'll go eat here in just a few minutes. I just want to see a showing of hands tonight. How many of you took this prayer and fast season seriously? How many of you prayed some impossible prayers during this time? Some things that it's going to take a miracle. It's going to take a miracle for God to do it. We have prayed. We have fasted. We have believed. In order for there to be a miracle, it requires a situation that demands a miracle. Because without a need, there will never be a miracle. Without an impossible situation, there will never be a miracle. There is nothing that is impossible with God. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We have been praying some more and fasting some more. And now here we are reaching the point that tomorrow we are about to step in with a house full of people that are coming hungry for the Lord. And there's going to be some impossible situations that walk in the room. But some of you may have prayed some prayers. I, I know I know. I ask you. Week number one, we're going to focus on nothing but just us. We're just going to focus on our spiritual walk with the Lord. Week number two, I challenged you to begin to pray for others, not focusing at all on ourselves, but then we were focusing on others. Tonight, in the next 10 minutes in this room, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get out of here, but for the next 10 minutes in this house, I want you to begin to focus on the thing that seems impossible. The prayer that you prayed that seems impossible. The person you've been believing God for that seems like it is impossible. The breakthrough in the ministry that you've been saying, it seems like it's impossible. Is anybody with me in this room right now? The things that seem impossible. I've said it so much, it's become redundant to you, but the things that are impossible with man are what? Are possible with the Lord. They're getting ready to sing a song tonight that is in, line, in alignment with what I'm speaking to you. But right now, I want you to lift your hands toward heaven and I want you to say, God, the thing that I've been praying for, the miracle I've been praying for, the wife, the husband, the situation, the impossible soul I've been witnessing to, the ministry that I have been trying to get launched, the, the things that I just keep coming against a brick wall and it seems absolutely impossible. Right now, God, I declare that the yoke is going to be broken off of that. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. I feel it in this house right now. The anointing is about to break the yoke in somebody's life right now. Come on, somebody. I want you to lift your voice and shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. For the yoke is about to be broken. And victory is about to fall in this house right now. Come on.
Come on, somebody shout to the Lord. Sister Wright just came up. She, she has been diagnosed with asthma and she's on breathing treatments twice a day. Two different ones twice a day. We went in this season of prayer and fasting. She came to my wife and said, I want you to join together with me and pray with me. My wife laid hands on her and prayed for her against asthma that was attacking her body. She told me, God has healed me. I have not used a breathing treatment since prayer was made. Show me one thing. Show me.
at your neighbor and tell him anything's possible in this house. Lift it up now, son. Now all of my fear, I will turn into praise. Shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance loud and faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Take every, 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 take every,
Help me thank the Lord for the healings that's been done in this house tonight. For the Holy Ghost that has fallen on one tonight for the very first time. I want you to find some people to bring with you to the house of the Lord. I know it's already late on Saturday night. I want you to plan on it. Some of you have been off of social media, or at least partly off of social media. Get on social media, blow it up tonight. It's still early enough to call or text somebody. We got a van ready to roll in the morning. We'll give them a ride. We'll go pick them up. We'll run cars. We'll hold things up. We'll hold up everything except a move of God. And he's going to show up in this house tomorrow. He's going to do something powerful. Would you thank Bishop Gonzalez for being in the house tonight? Thank you for coming early, being with us, leading us in this very special moment. He's going to be ministering in both services tomorrow. Pray his strength and that God would move in a powerful, powerful way. Let's go fellowship tonight. God bless you. Find a few people to greet in the name of the Lord. Help us if you would, if you please use the waste baskets that are in the aisleways. Please.